0: Welcome back to another episode of Fig and Farm at Home. My name is Danny Watson. If you're new here, I am the host, and I am so glad you're here spending a little bit of time with us so that we can learn to love our homes better. We can learn to create spaces that reflect our personalities and that don't, frankly, cost a lot. Last week, we got holiday ready or started with the idea of decluttering our spaces, not so that we can bring more stuff in. That's actually never the goal but so that we can be more intentional with the space we have so we can spend time with the people we love. That is really the goal in decluttering. If you get paralyzed by visual chaos, if you get overwhelmed by visual chaos, last week's episode and this week's episode is for you. So if you did not listen to last week, go back because there are different types of clutter that could be bogging you down. And starting there, identifying which one is your trigger, which one you can go really fast with, and which one might you might need to extend a little grace for yourself as you declutter those specific things. Today, we're talking all about different types, styles, strategies of decluttering. We're going to break them into two different categories, going big <laughs> and kind of a gradual decluttering. So stick around and enjoy today's show. where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. All right, friends, so are we ready to declutter, tidy up a little bit, give our space some breathing room? Let's do it. But before you dive into getting rid of things, here are a few strategies that might work better for your personality than others. I'm gonna break them into two different categories. Some are the go big, <laughs> go big or go home category, and the other is more of a gradual, I'm gonna dip my toes in, I'm gonna do a little bit at a time so I don't get overwhelmed. That same category might be really great to employ when you are ready to maintain your decluttered space. These ideas are meant to inspire and encourage you knowing that we are all different, knowing that you might really love the go big or go home because you want to get it done now, or maybe you're not. Maybe you are more of the, I need to take my time just a little bit. Whatever your personality is, there might be a challenge, a strategy, whatever you want to call it, tip for you to start this weekend. If you did a Google search for ways to declutter or declutter challenges, chances are one of these are going to pop up. They're not unique to me, but they're ones that might encourage you. So we're gonna start with the ones that are the, you're taking care of business. You are not mincing words. You were getting this job done and you're getting, a job, getting it done quickly. We're gonna start there. I have three for you. Of course, there are more, if you wanna scour the internet to find more ideas, but these are some of the top three. The first one you've heard before, this is the KonMari method by Marie Kondo. If you have not yet dove in to see what this method is all about, you might recognize this catchphrase. Does it spark joy? That is kind of her catchphrase. And it's something that she, she includes as part of her method for a very good reason. Here's how it works. The first thing that she does is she makes a commitment. You're making a commitment. This is a gift that you're giving yourself and your home and the people you share your home with. Making that commitment, I'm going to ad-lib a little bit here and telling someone about it is going to help you realize and actualize that commitment. The second thing in this method is to visualize your ideal lifestyle. I do think this is imperative in actually any one of the motivations we have behind decluttering our space. Visualizing what it is we want our space to look like, to feel like, There's a, there's a picture that has been floating around for a long time. And it's something I posted in my Facebook group a a while ago, but it said, picture your dream home. I bet it's not cluttered. Let that sink in for a minute. My dream home is absolutely positively not cluttered. My dream home looks lived in. It looks storied. It looks layered, but it's not cluttered. Let me say that again. Picture your dream home. I bet it's not cluttered. And that's what this method is all about, is picturing your lifestyle, the lifestyle you want to lead, and then making steps to make that change. The third step in this method is to eliminate the distractions. So make sure you put your phone away. You are not watching TV. You're maybe not even taking care of the kiddos. Maybe they're out with their cousins. They're with a neighbor. They're doing something that is not going to distract you because they always need food (laughs) and so that you can get the job done. And it's interesting because Marie Kondo doesn't necessarily use the word declutter. She uses the word tidy. And so as you are tidying, you're tidying or decluttering by category, not by room. So you're choosing a category. Maybe you're choosing clothing, but you could probably even choose a subcategory like women's clothing. Maybe your category is Christmas decorations, books, tools, gardening tools, whatever category it is, you are starting there. And the thing that's surprising about hers is that you're actually making a mess before you start tidying, putting it back. And that mess you're making is where the magic happens, because this is where you are literally picturing your lifestyle, holding up item by item and asking yourself, does this item bring about joy? And if it does, it's a keeper. If it doesn't, it is a tosser. You're putting it aside and you're making sure that those discarded items get removed from your home quickly. And then when you're done, you've gone through every single item, you can tidy it, you can organize it and put it back. But the filter that she uses is different than is it useful? It is an emotional attachment. Does it spark joy and does it help you fulfill the lifestyle that you picture yourself and your family living? The second decluttering strategy that is a you're going for broke kind of strategy is the Swedish death-cleaning strategy. It sounds dramatic, doesn't it? But the purpose and the intent behind it is actually quite beautiful. The purpose is to eliminate all unnecessary and excess items so that your loved ones after you pass won't have the burden of handling it. I can speak from personal experience by saying that that was one of the hardest things I had to do when my mom passed. She didn't do Swedish death cleaning, and it was my job to come in and help my dad clean out a lot of her stuff. And my dad is living a much more simplistic lifestyle now with some of her things removed, but he wanted to go faster than I wanted to go. He wanted to remove some of those items, and it would have been a lot less heart-wrenching had some of those things been removed before she passed. Here's how this works. The first thing is, if this is your strategy, is to let your loved ones know that this is happening not that you're preparing to die tomorrow but that you are just preparing your space in general so that they're not caught off guard when they come over and they see wow mom's getting rid of her stuff or think immediately the negative thoughts in my case my dad is helping me prepare for when it's his turn to pass and we're having a lot of conversations and as much as it i don't want to picture it it's helpful to know the preparedness to help me make some of the decisions and actions after he's gone so doing that is a critical first step. Number two is to start decluttering with your less personal things. The easy decision makers, the, I don't, these are no brainers. I can go in. I don't need this snowsuit that my kid wore 15 years ago when my kid doesn't live there anymore. What, whatever the no brainers are, get rid of those first. They are not attached to emotions. They are not attached to usefulness currently, and there's no reason for you to store them. The third step in this process is to gift items gradually and thoughtfully, knowing that as you are removing possessions, you think, oh, this really lovely china I don't use anymore, but I know my daughter loved, loved, loved it and would love to have it. Gifting it to her now so she can use it and love it while you're still there is really very special. You know, if we could wrap up this whole method in one kind of neat little bow, it is really an act of service that that you're doing to kind of care for and help prepare your love the loved ones who are really gonna be distraught after you after you pass. And so it's really an act of service, a really lovely act of service. And one of the reasons why preparing them ahead of time by saying, hey, just wanted to let you know I'm going to be going through my things, decluttering a little bit letting them know before things start showing up at your door even though you might love those <laughs> but having that that talk ahead of time the fourth step in this process is to keep mementos for yourself of course if you love things that remind you of your story and you want to have those yes absolutely have them the point here is not to be completely minimal and and live with a recliner and a tissue box the point is to still have things that you love, but if they're mementos that aren't out and about, they say put it in a box and label the box throw away. Now I know if this were me and I came to my parents' home and there was a box labeled throw (laughs) away, I wouldn't just throw it away. I would want to go through it and see. Now I'm not going to put my opinion there, but that is the step in the process as a way to also make that easier for after passing. The fifth step in this process is the things that you don't want, get it out of your home fast, don't store it, don't put it in your garage so that you can take it to the donation center later down the road next month, just get it out. The sixth step in this process is to store all of your important documents, passwords, things that your your family members might need in an accessible space. And then to repeat this process as you continue living your life. What do you think about that? Does that feel heartless or does that feel lovely in the very nature of taking care of your loved ones who will be dealing with your things after you leave? All right, the third strategy for decluttering in a very big way, getting the most bang for your buck, is called the clean sweep. And it kind of is like what you imagine. So in this strategy, you are doing room by room. And as you go to a room, you want to first start by making sure you have plenty of time. I'm not just talking hours, I'm talking days, because it might take you a day or two. So make sure, just like in the Marie Kondo method, you remove distractions, you might remove your children, (laughs) and you are ready and prepared. Part of being prepared is having bins out, and you're going to have six bins out and ready and accessible. And my suggestion here would be to have Big bins, not little bags. Labeling these bins is going to help you stay organized in this process because it is a doozy. Bin number one is called back in the room. Bin number two, trash. Bin three, donate. Bin four, sell. Bin five, rehome. Bin six, laundry. Now I'm saying laundry instead of going to the laundry because you want to be as efficient as you can because this is a multi-step A really long process if you think about how many items are currently in your room I keep picturing my two youngest son's room they share a room and it's it's pretty disastrous most of the time so I'm picturing their room (laughs) (laughs) and I'm highly, highly tempted to do this, but I know that it might be a little insensitive because it's their thing, so I'm not going to. But I'm picturing their space, and I'm thinking how inefficient my time would be if I had to go into the room to grab items and then sort them in these bins and then run to the laundry. So do have a laundry bin ready. Maybe it's your laundry hamper, and that's fine, but have it ready. Another tip is to have the back of your car ready. You might need to, the items that go into the donation bin you might fill your car and need to actually interrupt your own process to go to the donation bin and then come back with with an empty car ready to go again. Trash bins are the same way. You might have more trash than is going to fit into your garbage can, so you might need to set it aside and make a special trip to the dump. Part of being successful in this plan is to make sure that if you are going to sell any items, that you're really able to recoup some of the cost, keep a timeline on what it is you're willing to on to that item for when i'm selling items i like to keep it on for a week and that is it if they don't sell i'm donating it but not only know what your timeline is have part of your plan be to post those items that day maybe even taking a picture of that item before you even put it into the sell bin don't post them all then, but you take a picture then put it into the bin so that later when you're taking a little break, you're having your cocoa at night by the fire after you've worked so hard all day removing every single item from the room. Oh, by the way, I forgot that you were removing every single item from the room that is that big <laughs> and drastic. But you're leaving your anchor pieces. Anchor pieces for me are pieces of, of furniture that are just are really big. they are built in. They are pieces that might be, um, critical to the foundation of your space so couches, beds, desks, those kinds of things but everything else in this method the clean sweep method you are removing every single item. Another critical piece in this in this process is to make sure that you set aside things that are absolutely necessary for functionality in the next day or two. So as you're going through this process what items are you pulling out that you know you're going to need maybe a charger maybe in the case of my kiddos their backpack their their school computers things like that and then as those bins get full you take them where you need to take them you rehome the items that need to be rehomed in a different spot in your home and then you keep filling it until every single item of that room has been touched and put in one of those six spaces what do you think does that sound exhausting <laughs> one of the reasons i am really drawn to this idea this method is because if you think about clutter in terms of decisions that haven't been made yet, you know, their clothing is too small or too big and you don't wear them, but you haven't made a decision whether or not to part with it. You have six choices and that is it. And sometimes six choices can be too many. Like which shoes do you wear with that black dress? Six choices might be too many, but in this case, they're very clearly defined. Does that one item get rehomed? Does it get sold? Does it get donated to the trash, to the laundry? Where does it go? You only have six choices. There are no other options. And this, when you are struggling with making decisions, this one could be a good one. If you prefer though, a more gentle gradual approach to decluttering, I have five different strategies for you. We're gonna go through these relatively quickly. The first one is called round robin and it's very similar to the clean sweep only you don't remove every single item from the room. So I might take my trash bin and I go through the room and I'm getting all of the trash. Then I'm gonna take my laundry bin, I'm gonna go through, grab all of the laundry. You get the idea. I'm gonna do that until I've touched pretty much every single item. It's a little bit more gentle, maybe a little harder in decision-making, but it might not take as long. The second method that's pretty gentle is called the twelve, twelve, twelve. You pick a room and you get rid of 12 items that go to the trash. 12 items that need to be donated, and 12 items that can be or should be rehomed. 12 items might not sound like a lot, but if you think about 12 times three, that's 36. If you think about the average home, maybe there's 10 rooms in a home, 15 rooms, that's 390 items. That's pretty significant. Do that on a monthly basis, and pretty soon you have 390 items times 12, And that's almost 5,000 items that you've removed from your home in one year. The third rather gentle decluttering strategy is called the five item rule. And you go through each room and you remove five items that you haven't touched in the last, and you set the timeline, three months, six months, 12 months. If you haven't touched it, it goes. And maybe you change the rule to 10 items, but we're going to do the same thing. Five items per room times 15 rooms. That's 1,500 items in a year. Both the 12-12-12 method and the 5-item method are really great ideas if you are just getting into decluttering, you want to kind of test the waters a little bit, or if you've done the big clean sweep ones and you're ready to just keep maintaining. The idea here is that you are feeling successful, that you're gaining a little bit of momentum. Another way to gain momentum is to do what I'm calling the domino method, and that's starting in a really small space. Sometimes that space is a little drawer in the corner of your kitchen. Sometimes that space is the smallest room. Maybe your bathroom, the bathroom that is downstairs where it is a guest bathroom, not a main bathroom. Starting small, gaining success, seeing the results, and then moving forward to a bigger project. And the very last method, which gains a lot of momentum as the month goes along, is the 30-day minimalism challenge, or the 30-day declutter game. It's called different things, but basically you are working in a calendar month and each day, each numerical day of the month, you read, you're removing that many items from your space. So let's do the math on this. It is November, November 1st. I remove one item, November 2nd, two items, November 10th, 10 items. By the end of 30 days, You have removed 465 items because on day 30, you're removing 30 items after you've already removed 29 the day before, 28 the day before that, 27 the day before that. It's an exponential growth. And if you have 31 days, you're now removing 496 items from your home. That's substantial. That's significant. And it doesn't really require a whole lot of time because you're doing one little thing a day for 31 days. That one I'm very intrigued by that and the clean sweep in the early days of this challenge. If you are wanting to resell items, that could be a really good motivator for you to pick the item that you want to post because it's one item, one item you want to sell. You want to get it out of your home. You think you can recoup a little cost here. It's not 30 items like it would be at the end of the month. It is just one, maybe something to tuck in the back of your mind for when you're wanting to try this challenge. Friends, if this is something that you are wanting to try, if you decluttering or having too much clutter is a struggle that you deal with, you might need accountability. Come into the Facebook group and let us know which one you're going to choose. Let us know which clutter type of clutter is the one that is most triggering to you. Let us know. Let us be your team so that you can get the results that you want in the timeline that you're putting out there. You can do it. And remember, the goal is not to do it so that we can bring more things in. The goal is to do it so that we can make space for the people who take up our homes not the things that take up our homes all right friends until next time i'll see you soon hey real quick before you go if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast would you head over to itunes to fig and farm at home and leave a review and subscribe to the show that would be awesome and if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes Join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.